Hey guys, welcome back to the Wisdom and Stuff podcast. I'm your host, Daryl Boucher, and this is where we cut through the Christianese and tradition-based thoughts that hinder us from the limitless lifestyles that we as actual children of God are designed to walk in. So let's go ahead and dive into the Word and see what the Holy Spirit has for us today. The last uh, couple of few weeks we've been talking about just God's plan of success, his plan of prosperity, his plan of wealth. Um, Pastor Brian last week shared about prosperity with a purpose and what it's, what it's designed for, what's prosperity designed for, and just understanding that obviously God wants us to, to richly enjoy all things. It says that in Timothy, but at the same time, we have to understand that he designed prosperity uh, to, to flow into the kingdom, to flow into his body for the harvest. That's what it's for. And uh, now at the same, you understand, part of the harvest, though, is just tasting and seeing that the Lord is good. That's part of the harvest, right? Part of the harvest is actually allowing the world to see the goodness of God on our life. That's part of the harvest. So if, if, you know, if, if they can see the goodness of God on our life, how does the world see the goodness of God? Well, you know, obviously we know that you know, we can pray for them, we can talk to them, we can bless them, we can you know, lay hands on them, they can be healed, that's the goodness of God. But a very tangible way for the people to see the goodness of God is just to see people prospering. Right? That speaks volumes. And, uh, and this is God's plan, and this is, as, as we go through tonight, we'll see how God's plan is, but it's supposed to be prosperity with a purpose. Like I said, we're not talking about covetousness or greed or, or all of that. that that's a, a ditch that people can get into, but that's not God's plan. God's plan is for us to have prosperity with that purpose, as Pastor Brian was saying last week. Um, and one of the things you'll notice is, this, is, is if you don't have a plan for your prosperity, then it will become idolatry. It will every time. And it's, it's, it's understand that, that it, we, see it, we see it modeled in the Word of God. We see the children of Israel, they came out of Egypt, right? And how did they come out of Egypt? They came out wealthy, didn't they? They, they, they went from being slaves to being the wealthiest, plant, wealthiest nation on the planet. Overnight. That's a good place to be, right? They, they got all of the gold, all the jewels, all the riches of Egypt. They walk out, right, plundering Egypt of all their goods. And so they walk out as the wealthiest nation on the planet, and they walk out, and then they end up in the wilderness. And, and here, just you know, just a couple weeks later, Moses goes up on the, up on the. Uh, uh, it's a few weeks later, Moses goes up on Mount Sinai, and he's getting the Ten Commandments, and he's up there for forty days. And what are the children of Israel doing? Yeah, they're making a golden calf, right? What happened? They had prosperity without a purpose. It turned into idolatry, just like that. And you understand that that, that that prosperity was there for a reason. God gave them prosperity so that they could build the tabernacle. So they could actually have the goods to build the house of God. So that his presence could dwell in their lives. So that he had a place for his presence to dwell. But instead, they, they actually, in that moment in time, they forsook the, 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 the um, long-term plan of God for his presence to dwell with them. And they actually uh, settled for a golden calf. That didn't work out too well, did it? Earth opened up, swallowed a bunch of people. Not a good day, right? <laughs> and so we just got to understand that, that prosperity is designed for the presence of God. It's designed for it. And if, if, we, if we take it and we begin to 
you know, just use it. Uh, just obviously, God wants us to be blessed. He wants us to to walk in abundance. He wants us to have a, a good, fun life. God's a fun God. He wants us to have a fun life. Uh, at the same time, though, He wants it to be for a purpose, and that is magnifying Him. That is, uh, like I said, allowing the world to see that God is a good God. And um, never seen the righteous forsaken or the children begging bread. Praise God. So. Anyway, uh, tonight, though, what we're going to focus on, though, is we're going to focus on how, what was God's design in the Word of God to, to actually cause His people to prosper. And His design is what the Bible calls the blessing. Okay, that is the design. Okay, and we can see this. Turn over there to Genesis chapter 1. It's called the blessing of God. And we see it from Genesis all the way through the Word of God. And here in, uh, in Genesis 1... Now understand that if, if you you know taking any of my classes in school or anything, one thing that I always say is is uh, is we need to emphasize what God emphasizes, right? So if He emphasizes it, we need to emphasize it. And uh, and so when I when I see certain things in the Word repeated over and over again, that tells me that He actually thinks they're important. Obviously, everything in the Word is important, but some things have higher levels of importance. And, uh, and the blessing, if you were to look up the word in the concordance, the word bless in, in any number of forms, whether it be blessing, blessed, you know, to bless or whatever, the word bless is actually found 463 times. That's a lot. That's more than the word love, more than the word grace by far, more than, more than the word faith by far. Bless is in there for 463 times. Um, you think it's important to God then? I think it kind of is. And so here, 463 times, he actually talks about the word bless or blessing or blessed. And, um, and here in, in, in Genesis 1, we see just after he's, he's creating all these things, he creates man in verse uh, 27. It says, uh, verse 27, chapter 1, Genesis, it says, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And then what did he do in verse 28? He blessed them. Notice... Okay, we've got some roosters growing. Yeah. That's an interesting amen there, isn't it? But, uh, <laughs> so verse 28 says, Then God blessed them. Right? Now, so the, notice, notice God's first act after creating man. The very first thing he did after he created man is what? Blessed them. That's the very first thing he does. Isn't that interesting? He doesn't name them first. He doesn't give them a job to do first. He doesn't, you know, make sure they know all the rules first. He doesn't give them a, a, a bunch of do, do's and don'ts. He blesses them. That's the very first thing he does. This tells us something. See, whenever we, whenever we see something, it's called the law of Genesis, is when we see the, something in the beginning, then we know that that's God's DNA there. There's DNA in that. It tells us how God wants to do it. And this tells me that the, the very first identity that man and woman had on the planet, the very first identity they had was that they were blessed. Isn't that good? The very first part of identity that they had was that they were the blessed. So, I mean, could you imagine? You get created. You, you get created. You know nothing. You, you have absolutely no consciousness of anything. You have no history, no past, no memories. You have nothing to work off. You have no knowledge of anything. And yet God creates you. And the very first thing you experience when you come into creation is God blessing you. How does that set you up? I mean, in other words, how, now suddenly your picture of God is he is my maker and he blesses me. Man, this is good. This is God. He's a blesser. You understand? His, his, his first characteristic toward man is that he's a blesser. And, 
And so, and then he says, then God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Now, I love this because here he is. He gives them their job description, but it's all in the context of the blessing. Everything they were supposed to do was supposed to be in the context of the blessing. God blessed them and said, based on this blessing, now do this. Okay, he could have given them all this and then blessed them afterward, but he didn't want it to do it that way. He wanted them to know that everything they were supposed to do is going to be filtered through the blessing of God. And it's kind of like this. It's like if I, you know, if I were to walk up to, to somebody and say, if I walk up to Rick and say, you know, Rick, I, uh, um, you need to be in Portland in 30 minutes. So figure it out. You know, <laughs> you know, and it's like, you know, I believe in you, I trust you, I, you know, hey, you know, raw, 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 go for it, 30 minutes, be there. And if you do, it's going to be awesome. If you don't, have fun with that. You know, but now, now, you understand, that right there is a job description, but that's not the blessing, is it? The blessing is, it is not just saying, you know what, man, I really believe in you. Yeah, you understand, the, the blessing is not an attitude God has toward me. An attitude is it would be just simply my going, man, I really believe in you, Rick. I think you can do it. I know you can do it. Just, yeah, do it. That's like, you know, but some people think that that's what the blessing is. It's some, some kind of lofty, lovey feeling that God has toward me. Oh, be blessed, my child. That's not the blessing of God. The blessing of God is, is me coming up to Rick and saying, okay, Rick, um, uh, uh, you need to be in Portland in 30 minutes, and I tell you what, um, I'm going to drive you to the airport, and I have a private plane ready for you, and it's get gassed, and all you have to do is tell the pilot where to go. Yeah. See, that's the blessing. The blessing is when I equip him to do what I've actually asked him to do. That's the blessing. You know and so here, God, he equips us with the blessing. It's tangible. There's a tangible thing about the blessing of God. And, and, and we have to understand that, that you know, another word for the blessing is the anointing. It's the power of the Holy Ghost on us to do what God's told us to do. But it's very tangible. It's not just an attitude. It's not just, uh, you know, of course, we, you know, we talk these days about, like, um, uh, you know, nowadays we've diluted, we've diluted the blessing of God down to something you say when somebody sneezes. Right? God bless you. Well, what does that mean even? I mean, I, you know, that, if you know what the blessing is, that's a great thing. You know, if, if, if somebody sees you, you're going, man, God bless you. You know, I mean, you know, you're just speaking the blessing over them, and you're empowering them to prosper. I mean, that's awesome. But most people don't do it that way, do they? No. Like, God bless you. Well, if you knew what the blessing was, you wouldn't say it that way. Because the blessing is power. Yes. Is that, I mean, the, understand the literal meaning of the word bless is to be empowered to prosper. To actually have the power given to you to actually prosper in whatever you do. Praise God. The blessing of God. But here he is, he's speaking, no, once again, this isn't just a man speaking, this is God speaking, blessing them. This is the Alpha, the Omega, this is God of all creation, actually blessing them, actually taking from him who he is and empowering with, to them and through, his, through himself, empowering them from himself and from his power to do everything that he's called them to do. And this is exactly what he's done for us all the time. Now, um, turn over to, uh, to Proverbs chapter 10. And to me, what I see, and we'll come back to uh, a few scriptures here and there, just looking at the blessing through the word. Uh, but in Proverbs chapter 10, one of the things we have to understand is that the, the father, he's omniscient, right? He knows everything. So he knew that man was going to sin, right? He knew that, that the enemy was going to, you know, have authority in the earth. He knew, he knew everything, right? 
But here his children are in the earth. He knows his children are going to sin. He knows his children are going to be separated from him. He knows that the enemy is going to come in and, and, and have authority. He knows all this stuff is going to go on. But he's God. And he's my father. And I love him so much. You understand that he, knowing all of this, what he did was he made a way for his children to walk in victory no matter what would happen. Is God's arm too short? No. Is it weak in any way? No. Understand, he's infinitely good, and he's infinitely strong, right? So he knew sin was going to be in the earth, but where sin abounds, what happens? Grace. Grace does much more abound, right? And so here he is. He's God, knowing everything that was going to happen. He says, okay, yeah, I know sin's going to happen. I know the devil's going to come in. I know there's going to be separation. I know all this, da, 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 da. But he has an infinitely higher way to just cause his children to be blessed because he loves us that much. He's so good. He says, you know what? I'm going to call it the blessing. And I'm going to actually have blessing in the earth so that no matter what happens, no matter how, how bad it gets, no matter how dark it gets, no matter how, how evil the enemy is, God is infinitely better than that. And we can walk in victory. Not just to survive, but to thrive. Right? That's the blessing. Okay, and, and when we understand that this blessing was put in the earth for a reason, you know, because another context that we talk about the blessing in a, in a diluted form is, um, I'm talking about a secular form, is, uh, you know, people ask for, uh, like, for instance, I asked Rachel's dad for this blessing, right, to marry Rachel, right? You hear that, you know, ask for the blessing. And so, um, and of course, when I did... Um, uh, you know, I won't go through the whole thing, but it was pretty funny. We were, uh, it was at Thanksgiving. It was, um, it was, we were at her house and, and she has a large, large family and, uh, <laughs> and they're just a large family and they're, uh, and so at the holiday times uh, there, the farm at uh, Thanksgiving holiday times, you know, it's just a madhouse. You know I mean? It's just yeah. people in and out. Uh, la, la, la. Well, that was the weekend we were there. And so I'm thinking, you know what? I'm going to have to ask him for permission to, to marry Rachel, and I'm going to need to do it between me and him alone. Well, that's a miracle, right? I mean, that's like a serious miracle here, you know. And so uh, I'm sitting there, and, and he's sitting, we're sitting in the living room, and there's, I mean, people everywhere, blah, 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 blah. And the next thing you know, everybody's gone but me and him. Everybody. I don't even know what happened. I'm just sitting there, and suddenly it's just me and him, and I'm like, well, I guess this is it, you know, because, I mean, I, you know, I prayed for it, you know, but I just was, you know, whatever, and I'm still nervous and everything else, you know, and so, uh, so it's just me and him, I'm like, I, this is the only opportunity that I will ever have, and obviously this is a miracle, so I can't, uh, I, I can't, you know, wait for another one to come along, and, um, so I'm just like, okay, well, and so I just kind of brought up the thing, like, well, if you wouldn't, if you, you know, uh, just kind of wondering if you wouldn't mind, I'd like to ask Rachel to marry me, da 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 you know, and, and his response was, he goes, well, you're the one who's going to live with her, so I don't care. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he didn't care. But that uh, was his response. So, but he gave me his blessing. Now, you understand that that right there, obviously, that was, he was giving me um, a permission. He was giving me his agreement. He was doing all that. But that's not really the blessing of God. The blessing of God is a tangible substance that comes from God and empowers our life with an ability that's past us. So the blessing of God, even with Adam and Eve, here the blessing of God came upon them so they could subdue the earth, so they could multiply, so they could be fruitful, so they could have dominion, and they did it in a power that wasn't their own. And here, they were perfect humans at the time. They had a perfect human body and a, and a, a perfect human mind, but yet that wasn't enough 
to do what God asked them to do. It's never enough for us to be the best us we can be. What we need is a blessing. We need the power of God. We require it to actually do what he's called us to do all the time. But he's given it to us, praise God, freely. And, uh, and this is the blessing of God. So now over here, uh, Proverbs chapter tw- 10, it says, uh, verse 22, very uh, common t- uh, t- text here, verse 22. It says, uh, the blessing of the Lord, what's it do? It makes one rich, glory to God. And he adds no sorrow with it. Now, you know, we said this a couple weeks ago, how that word rich, people kind of get nervous about that, don't they, when they're in church? How dare you? That's like so, ah, rich. Ah. Uh, you understand, if you, you know, if you look it up in the Hebrew, you know what that word rich means? It means rich. It means really rich. It means, you know, loaded with a bunch of stuff, okay? And, uh, and God's not afraid of that word because he owns the cattle on a thousand hills and the earth is the Lord in the fullness thereof. He's not, he doesn't have a problem with abundance. But, but we have to understand that the, it's the blessing of the Lord that makes one rich and he adds no sorrow with it. Man, I love that. One thing we have to understand is that if we're trying to do something outside of the blessing of the Lord, it's going to come with sorrow. There will be strings attached. It will cost us something that we don't want to, that, that will be actually detracting from our life. Rather than actually allowing the blessing of the Lord to do it. And he'll just make us rich. He will actually cause us to walk in super abundance. And this is what his desire is. But he does it through the blessing. So it tells me that I need to, I need to begin to understand the blessing. I need to actually begin to focus on the blessing. If I can actually begin to have an awareness of the blessing, then I'm not going to walk in a path that's going to add sorrow to my life. I know people who have a lot of money, but they have sorrow in their life. You know, I know people who have lots and lots of money, but they walk in lots of fear. They're always afraid of losing the money. You know, I know people who have, you know, lots of money. We, we, we read headlines, you know, almost every year where you find, you know, very, very well-known celebrities and stuff like that who end up committing suicide and this. Why? Because they have the wealth, but they have sorrow with it. That's not God's plan. But we can only do it in God. God is the only one that can bless us and make us wealthy and rich without sorrow with it. He's the only one. Man, he's so good. And so... And this is, this is what he wants us to do. He, he loves his children so much, and he just wants us to just thrive all the time. So uh, let's look at a couple of verses here. Um, <clears throat> just talking about the, the blessing. We've seen it, obviously, in Adam and Eve. Let's go over to Genesis chapter 9. Genesis 9. And we see this is after Noah gets, uh, uh, goes on with the ark and all this stuff. In chapter 9, in verse 1. And... Uh, this is right after the ark, right after the, um, the, the rainbow experience and all that stuff. In verse, chapter 9, verse 1, and it just simply says, So God blessed Noah and his sons and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. And he goes on. But here he tells them, once again, it's the blessing of God is coming forth upon Noah and upon his sons, and he's, it's there specifically to be fruitful and to multiply and to fill the earth. I love this because this tells me that, once again, part of the DNA of the blessing is always about being fruitful and multiplication. If I want things in my life to, to begin to multiply, you know, if I want the life of God to, in me to multiply, it's going to come through the, the blessing of the Lord. When the blessing of the Lord is upon me, fruitfulness and multiplication is automatic because it's in his nature. His nature is always progressing. His nature is always expanding. His, I mean, you know, I remember I was in... in uh, 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 high school and uh, I don't know I think it was physics class or something like this and um, they had it wasn't that long before that that they got the Hubble telescope up and running you know and um, 
And uh, my physics teacher, he was a, uh, he was a very uh, strong atheist, <coughs> and, um, but, uh, and he knew I was a, I was a Christian, <laughs> he knew that. Uh, we had some issues sometimes, but it was okay. Um, but he, uh, I just remember him talking about when they got the Hubble telescope up, he said one of the things that really freaked the scientists out was up until then, they, uh, they thought that, this, that the universe was shrinking. Because of the Big Bang Theory, you know, the, the, one of the laws of thermodynamics is whatever goes out comes back in, right? It's, it's the, 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 whichever law it is, I can't remember nowadays, it's been a long time, but, but, uh, but so with other, whatever force that goes out, that's the same force that's coming back in. And so they figured ever since the Big Bang, it went bang, and it went out so far, and now it was coming back in. And then they got the Hubble up there, and guess what they found out? Oh, it's still going. Yeah, it's expanding, because God said. That's why. Yeah, God said, bang, and there it goes. You know, but anyway, God said, let there be, and there is, and there's continuing to be. Because that's how God's word is. That's how his nature is. And so when his blessing is upon me, it's always going to abound in fruitfulness and multiplication. Because it's always going forward, always expanding. We will continually come into further and further knowledge of the truth for, for ages to come. We're, we're growing all the time. In a billion years, we're still going to be growing. Because we're tied to him. And he never ends. He's infinite. And I, I think it's amazing. But anyway, um, but it's part of the blessing. And it starts now, glory to God. We're living in an age that, that, that is, is tied to eternity right now. And we don't have to wait till we get to heaven. So we see then this pattern. Genesis in Adam and Eve, he was the blessing. Then in Noah, the blessing was commis- commissioned again. And then turn over a few, few more chapters over. Genesis chapter 12. This is when he calls Abram. And it says, uh, who would be Abraham, of course, is verse 1. Now the Lord had said to Abram, get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you, and I will make you a great nation. And what does he say? I will bless you, and I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse those who curse you, and in in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. There's a whole lot of blessed there, isn't there? what What was God trying to say? There's some blessing going on, and you need to get a hold of it. Okay, and now here he is. I love this because now God is actually creating a covenant with Abraham, and now it's not just about one person getting blessed or another person getting blessed. Now he has a bloodline. Now he actually has a bloodline, and he's going to create a nation of blessed people. Man, God's good. And he does it through a covenant legally with, with mankind so he can actually get the bloodline in. And it comes through not just, understand, it comes by the faith of Abraham, but it comes through Isaac because Isaac is a child of promise. Isaac is a child of faith. And because Isaac came by faith, he carries the blood of faith. And he was able to carry the blessing because he was a child of faith. Man, it's just, I can't even get into that. But understand, that this is just the blessing. And, and so we see, now suddenly he begins to grow this whole thing about how, how the blessing is upon Abram. Now let's, let's keep going. Um, Genesis 24. When you see the, I just want you to see the lineage of the blessing and how it's, it's a tangible thing. Genesis 24. <clears throat> in verse 35. And this is Abram's, Abraham's servant speaking here. And verse 34, actually I'm going to start. Verse 34. 24-34. It says, So he said, I am Abraham's servant. The Lord has what? Blessed my master greatly, and he has what? He's become great. And he has given him flocks and herds, silver and gold, male and female servants, and camels and donkeys. Now, I love it because this is the servant, right? And what's the servant saying? 
God has blessed my master and he's become great. This is the blessing of God. And then he goes on, and it's not just like, notice how he says it. It's not just because he's just a well-respected man. He's given him flocks and herds and what? Silver and gold and male and female donkeys and camels and donkeys. Praise God. (laughs) This is all the blessing of God. And he's become great. He's become great not only in respect amongst his people, but he's become a person of envy in the people around him. This is, this is the plan of God. You understand? Where to, uh, think about it this way. Abraham, what was the land that God told him to go to? It was the land of Canaan, right? He told him to go to the land of Canaan. Now, he didn't know that at first. He said, I'm going to, I'm going to bring you into your own land. He ends up in the land of Canaan. And then, of course, he goes, now this land is the land I'm giving you. And here he is. He's in the land of Canaan. And he, he was there for a while without knowing it was his land. And then after a while, uh, uh, some things happen. And God reveals, this is the land I'm giving you, the land of Canaan. Now, if you go to, to Genesis chapter 9, you find out the land of Canaan is a cursed land. Canaan was cursed. Canaan was the, the, grand, the grandson of Noah. And Canaan was cursed. And so here, Canaan's land is also cursed. So here, Abram's walking around, looking for the land that God's going to give him, the land that flows with milk and honey, the land of blessing, right? And he walks in, and he's walking through Canaan going, man, uh uh-huh, this place is cursed. This is not a good deal. And now suddenly, one day, God goes, this is the land I've given you. Thank you. You understand? <laughs> but now what was the point? The point was that Abraham carried the blessing. He carried the blessing into the cursed land so that now the, ble- now the blessing could saturate the earth and it could redeem the ground. This is always what God's plan is. God doesn't want that land cursed. He wants the blessing to go in and overtake the curse. And we, what we have to do is we have to realize that we carry the blessing and quit looking for the land to be blessed and actually go in with the blessing so we could redeem the land. Redeem the, you understand? We, that's why we're here saying, Eugene will be saved, Lane County will be saved, Oregon will be saved, praise God. Because we carry the blessing of the great God, Jehovah. And nobody else can stop us. You understand? So, so but we carry this blessing, and this is, this is a tangible thing. Okay, turn over to uh, Genesis 25, next chapter. The blessing should fire us up. And so here it says, um, verse 11, Genesis 25, verse 11. It says, And it came to pass after the death of Abraham that what did God do? He blessed his son Isaac. So here he is. Now the blessing has been passed down, right? The blessing went from Abraham. Now it went down to Isaac. Turn to the next chapter, chapter 26. And here Isaac is doing his thing. And it says here... um, And we know that this is when there was a famine in the land and everything. In verse 12, it says... Then Isaac sowed in that land and reaped in the same year. How much? And then what's it say? The Lord blessed him. Praise God. You understand? That, that's the blessing of God where you can sow into a ground that is bearing nothing and it gets a hundredfold reward. That's the blessing of God. Tangible blessing. And now notice what it says. It goes on. It says, then verse 13. The man, talking about Isaac, began to prosper and what did he do? He continued prospering until what? He became very prosperous. I love this. It's not good enough for him to prosper. You understand? God's big. God wants you to be so blessed. He could have sat there and said, you know what, Isaac, I think you've got enough now. You're prosperous. you got enough. you got enough. You're prosperous. Hey. 
is the world has such a lack mentality that that the world has such a poverty mentality that they they really think that there's not enough to go around. And there's this there's this poverty mentality that that seeps into the church. And so we get this idea that there's just not enough to go around. So if, if, if you have so much, then apparently you must be doing something wrong. That's not God's plan here. It says that he was prosperous. He began to prosper, right? And then he continued prospering until he became what? Very prosperous. Praise God. I remember the one time uh, uh, God was talking to me. This, I was in prayer. This was years ago. I was in prayer and, uh, uh, and, and just a kind of a little mini vision. You know how God will show you stuff. And... Uh, I got a, a mini vision of this, like this TV commercial, and you guys have seen the TV commercials of like the children in Africa that you can support. You know, the, the little kids with the, you know, they all got bloated bellies because they're so hungry and they got the flies on their face and everything. And um, it's sad, you know. And but it, this was, and they usually say, you know, just send, you know, twenty dollars a month and, and blah blah blah, you know, the whole thing. Well, uh, a commercial in my in in this vision kind of came up like that, but it wasn't of starving African children. It was of kids in Beverly Hills, and they weren't starving. They had everything, right? And and it was it was exactly like the commercial, except for the, the, this guy, you know, this elderly gentleman comes on and he has this really somber voice and he goes, "You see this boy here? His name is Chad," <laughs> and he had like totally decked out in nice clothes. You know, totally has, I mean, just looks like total, he's a rich kid, you know. He's like, this is Chad. And if you could just send him $200 a month, he can actually get himself the iPod that he wants. He gets an allowance already, but he doesn't want to spend his allowance on that. He'd rather do other things with his allowance. So if you could send him 200 a month, then, you know, he could get what he wants. And I'm, I'm looking at this, this is a division coming up, and I start laughing, right? Because I'm going, that's ridiculous. Right? I mean, it sounds ridiculous. But God speaks to me and goes, why do you think that's funny? I go, well, come on. You know? And God goes, that's because you're lack-based. You understand? I mean, it just, he goes, you only give to need because you're need-based. He goes, I don't give to need, I give to abundance. He goes, I, because whoever has, to him will be given more, right? That's what the Bible says. Because God doesn't know what need is. He doesn't know what lack is. He just gives and gives and gives and gives. But we have a poverty consciousness that sits there and says, if you have so much, then you, can't, you don't deserve any more. Ooh. Man, I tell you, it just, stuff like that really still, I'm still dealing with stuff, you understand? It was like, I, gave, I grew up in poverty just thinking, well, I just barely better, just better get by. And, you know, if somebody else, and we get these attitudes where we actually begin to disdain wealth. We begin to judge wealthy people. That's not the kingdom of God. You know, if I'm disdaining something, then I'm judging it, and I can't even actually even, I actually am resisting it every time I judge it. And so I'm capping what the blessing can do in my life. Here, Isaac, he sat there and he said, you know what? He, he, he began to prosper. He already had a hundredfold. That's a lot. And then he began to prosper. And this is, and he continued prospering until he became very prosperous. And God didn't judge him one bit for it. Now, notice what it says here. Let's keep going. You guys got kind of quiet there. That's good. Okay. <laughs> it says, verse 14, For he had possessions of flocks and possessions of herds and what? A great number of servants. And then what does it say? Yeah, that's what we're going for here. You understand? We want the, the world to see how good God is. We want the world to see how blessed we can be as the children of God. Right? 
So if we're going to actually, if we're going to actually make it so the world envies the covenant we have with God, if that's actually going to how it's, then we're going to have to have more than the the, the Middle East. You said we're going to have to have more than what the world has had. You understand? Now with it, we don't have sorrow either. Praise God. So we have peace. And, and joy, and love, and no covetousness, and no greed, and we're giving it away hand over fist, and we're loving people with it. And it freaks the world out because they don't have any leverage over us anymore. That's what they are afraid of. Because I tell you, once, once, the, once the money belt has been, has been cut, they have no more leverage, and they can't tell the church what to do. But we have to step up in some things. Realize he, he gave us the blessing so we could be free of the world system. Glory to God. So, let's keep going. Okay, um, uh, chapter 30. Man, I love the blessing of God. But we've, we've got to meditate it. We've got to actually allow it to flow. Genesis chapter 30. And this is with, once again, Jacob and Laban. Now, Jacob was serving Laban, and, um, and Laban was a wicked man and very, very greedy and uh, had done all kinds of stuff to basically rip Jacob off. And so Jacob's like, okay, I'm out of here. I'm about to go. Verse 25, chapter 30, verse 25, came to pass when Rachel had born Joseph, and Jacob said to Laban, send me away that I may go to my own place and my country. Verse 26, Give me my wives, my children, for whom I have served you, and let me go, for you know my servants which I have done for you. Now notice verse 27. And Laban said to him, Please stay, if I have found favor in your eyes, for I have learned by experience that the Lord has blessed me for your sake. Laban is a wicked man, and Jacob is a righteous man in the covenant of Abraham. And so here Jacob is, is, Laban is watching this. He goes, I have seen this over the years. That I am only blessed because you are here. That's how we should all be. That our, that, you understand, our, whoever we're working for in the world, that they should know that the only reason they're blessed is because we're there. Because we carry the blessing with us. You understand, Jacob wasn't getting the bless, blessing from Laban. He wasn't getting the blessing from where he was working. He was carrying the blessing into where he was working. That's the design. The design is not for me to look at my job as my source, but look at God as my source and allow that blessing to come into my workplace. But if I, if I don't do it, then, then if I continue to allow the, the workplace to be my source, then, uh, then we, we're actually limiting the hands of God on our life. Um, so anyway, let's keep going. Uh, uh, 39, chapter 39. All the way through the book of Genesis, we see the, the blessing of God. Chapter 39. And of course, this is a, with Joseph. Now, once again, who was, who was Joseph's dad? Jacob. So we see Abraham, we see it going down to Isaac, we see it going down to Jacob, and now here we see Joseph, right? We just see the bloodline, the bloodline of blessing. It says, now Joseph, verse 1, Joseph had been taken down to Egypt, and, and to Potiphar, the officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, and the Egyptian bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him down there. So here he is, he's sold off as a slave. Verse 2, the Lord was with Joseph, and he was a successful man, and he, was, and, and, says, and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master, notice what it says, verse 3, and his master saw that the Lord was with him, and the Lord made all he did to prosper in his hand. Wow. 
Here he is. This, this is Potiphar. He's an Egyptian. He's not even a, uh, he's not a, uh, he doesn't have a covenant with Abraham. He doesn't even serve God. And yet here he is. He has this, this, this covenant child come into his house as a slave. This young man is a slave. And he notices everything this young man does prospers because God is with him. Man, this is good. This is the blessing of God. That anywhere you go, he prospers. And we see the same thing, I won't, I won't go there, but later on in the same chapter we find that he, he ends up going to prison unjustly. And it says that the captain of the guard actually sees him, the, the, the head of the prison sees him, and realizes that everything he does prospers puts him over in charge of the whole prison. Praise God. Just the blessing of God. But wherever you go, the blessing is there. And I mean, could you, this is how we're supposed to, to, to begin to see things is through the filter of the blessing. So we're not waiting for the circumstance to change. We're just realizing that the blessing is with us no matter what happens. No matter where you go, you're blessed. No matter where you go, God's with you. Greater is he that's in you than he, than he that's in the world. Infinitely greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Infinitely greater, right? Infinitely greater. And so we've got to get a hold of that. No matter where I am, I carry the kingdom of the great God Jehovah with me, and he's in me and flowing out of me wherever I go. Yeah. Yes. And I don't need the circumstance to change because God is with me, and he's actually wanting to show off in the middle of the circumstance. Praise God. Okay, uh, chapter 49. Chapter 49. The end of Genesis here. And this is uh, as, um, as Jacob uh, is, uh, is about ready to pass, he's, he actually, you know, how many sons does Jacob have? He has 12. And so now he's speaking, I won't read this whole thing, you can read it for yourself, but all through chapter 49, he's speaking the blessing over each of his children. And so here it says at the, verse 28, verse 28, it says, and all these are the twelve tribes of Israel, and this is what their father spoke to them, and he blessed them. And he blessed each one according to his own blessing. So here you see what happens. It goes from Abraham down to Isaac, down to Jacob, and then Jacob has twelve sons, and he actually speaks the blessing. He actually distributes the blessing amongst all twelve of them, and they become the nation of Israel. The twelve tribes of Israel, right? And so now suddenly the whole nation of Israel is carrying the blessing of God. This is astounding. But this is the tangible blessing where now suddenly, suddenly they actually have this on the inside of them. Now what happens next, of course, is they, what, what happens uh, with, with Joseph, he ends up, obviously we know uh, he ends up in Egypt, all this stuff happens. And uh, so the children of Israel end up going to Egypt and what happens there with the children of Israel in Egypt? They're slaves, right? How long are they there? 400 years, right? So here they are, 400 years as slaves, they come out of Egypt, and, and here they are. They're, they're free of slavery, but they've been, I want you to see, they went into Egypt understanding the blessing, right? These 12, they understood the blessing. They saw the blessing on their father. They saw the blessing on their grandfather. They saw the blessing of God. They knew the tangible blessing of God. They came out of Egypt not knowing the blessing of God. We don't see the blessing of God. At, we see it on individuals, but we don't see it on the nation the way it was supposed to be on the nation after this. We see it on individuals. We see it on David. We see it on, on Samuel. We see it on Elijah and Elisha. We see the blessing of God, but we don't see it on the nation because the nation, I want you to see this, the nation was subject for 400 years to a culture that didn't actually promote the blessing of God. 
They were, they, were, they were surrounded by an environment that didn't promote the blessing of God, but they were surrounded by an environment of, of these Egyptians that built an empire by the work of their hands. Now, did Egypt build a big empire? Yeah. Huge empire, right? But they didn't do it by the blessing. They did it by the works of their hands. And so, could you, I want you to imagine this. 400 years you're steeped in a culture that is not exalting the blessing, not actually walking in the blessing, but instead they're building an empire by the works of their hands. And you're seeing the production, and you're a part of their production, you're building it, you know, you're doing it, and you're a part and immersed in this culture that's building it by the works of your hands. You come out of that, and what do you think you think like? You think like them, don't you? Now suddenly you don't even know what the blessing's all about anymore. Now you think it's all about the works of your hands. This is what's happened, right? You understand, it's a type and a shadow of us. They were still a nation with the blessing of God on them, but they were actually putting the blessing on the shelf so they could do it by the works of their hands. And that's who we are. We're, we are a chosen generation. We are, the, we are the people of God. And we carry the blessing of God with us, but we're immersed in a culture that does it by the works of their hands, so that's how we think we have to do it. And this is what we have to, we have to get transformed by the renewing of our mind. We have to break these things. And begin to meditate. Meditate the blessing again. Begin to get in the word of God. Um, uh, let's turn over to, uh, uh, let's look at the New Testament real quick here. I don't even know what time we have. Oh, we've got a couple more minutes. Okay. Um, oh, goodness. Okay, first of all, let's turn over to Psalms, chapter 31, 32. That's not the New Testament, but um, still, we'll get there. <laughs> Psalms, chapter 32. And this is David speaking. Now, David, he understood the blessing. He was a man after God's own heart. He spent time in the presence of God, and so he knew the blessing of God. Now, you understand that the two of the main ones in the Old Testament that understood the blessing of God was, was David and Solomon. Now, once again, who was Solomon to David? His son, right? And if you read, read some of those, some of those Proverbs are awesome because here's Solomon, he's exuding all this wisdom from God, but he says, he goes, and this is what my father told me. Yes. David poured into him. Man, David, the man after God's own heart, is pouring into him, right? And he's just remembering by wisdom what the, what the Spirit of God through his father told him. And he's just talking about the blessing. And he's talking about the goodness of God. He's talking about the love of God. Man, Solomon and David, they're like a tag team on the blessing of God. Read Psalms, read Proverbs, and just begin to get just inundated with the blessing of God. But here, uh, Psalms 32, it says, I love this, verse 1. Blessed is he whose transgression, what? is forgiven and whose sin is covered. Man, that sums it all up. David knows it. He goes, if you want to be blessed, if you want to walk in the blessing, you, you just, he goes, just blessed is the man whose sins are forgiven. Amen. Praise God. Because once you take sin out of the way, the only thing left is the blessing. Once you take sin out of the equation, all you have is the love of your Father freely adoring you, pouring over you all the time. Praise God. And David's looking, he's looking for the day, and he goes, there's going to come a time when there, the sin issue won't be an issue anymore. The blood will be shed. And then the blessing will abound. Turn over there to, uh, to Acts chapter 3. Are we okay? Yes. Man, I love the blessing of God. This is the whole thing. I tell you, if we, money will, will chase down the blessing of God. You don't have to focus on money. You've got to focus on your relationship with God and allow him just to bless you. Acts chapter 3. 
I mean, you know, Jesus said it over and over. You know, when Jesus was on the earth, he was the blessed because he had no sin. He was the blessed, righteous man walking on the earth. And that's why he's sitting there going, don't take thought for what you would eat or drink or put on. Just seek, your, seek the Father. He knows what you have need of and just seek his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. No biggie. It's just seek him and the blessing is there. Acts chapter 3. Uh, where did I tell you to go? Anywhere? Okay. Um, okay. Verse uh, 25. Here's verse 25. I love this. Because he says, You are the sons of the prophets and of the covenant which God made with our fathers, saying to Abraham, And in all your seed, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So here he's talking about this, right? He's talking about the blessing that came through the covenant with Abraham, right? That's what he's talking about. Saying, okay, he goes, this is who we are. And then notice the very next verse, verse 26. It says, to you first, God, having raised up his servant Jesus, sent him to do what? Bless. To bless you. And how did he do it? In turning away everyone from your iniquities. Isn't that awesome? He said, now, he goes, this is what's happened. We had a covenant with Abraham, and that, that allowed the blessing to be in the earth, but now Jesus came to bless us so that our sins could be taken away, so that now all the nations of the earth could be blessed. It's amazing. But the blessing came in a redemptive form through the blood of Jesus. It says, having raised up Jesus, sent him to bless you in turning away every one of you from your iniquities. Praise God. So now we can just understand the wages of sin is still death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Praise God. So that, you know, I was talking to somebody, this was a couple years back when I was in the Midwest about three years ago, I think, and, and I was talking to somebody... Um, uh, just, uh, just about some stuff they'd been doing wrong. I mean, they were under a lot of condemnation, a lot of, a lot of guilt. And, uh, and I'm just going, listen, this is, a, this, is, this is about the blood. This isn't about what you've done wrong or right. And they're like, well, you just don't know. You just don't know how much sin. You don't know what I've all been and blah, blah, blah. And, and uh, they kept going on. And, and I just, you know, got real frank with them. I listen, I'm not minimizing your sin. I'm not minimizing the effect of sin. But I'm maximizing the power of the blood. Amen. Because it's infinitely higher. And so we need to realize that the blessing, you understand, God gave us a covenant. He gave us a contract, a covenant with Jesus, so that my mistakes would not actually dictate my relationship with him. Praise God. Abraham was an idiot sometimes. But man, he was blessed. I mean, you remember when he lied to Abimelech about Sarah? He lies to him, right? He's like, not my sister, that's my sister. You know? And finally, Bill Milk you know, finds out, and he's like, what are you doing to me? You know, we could have totally messed this up. We could have been cursed. We could have all this other stuff. And he's mad at Abraham. He's like, what are you doing? You lied about this. And he goes, we're going to send you on your way. We're going to give you camels and donkeys and spices and all this stuff, and we're going to send you on your way. He just totally lied and messed up, and he leaves with the blessing. Why? Because he's blessed. It's not about your mistakes. The goodness of God is bigger than all that. That's the point of the blessing. We tiptoe around so much that, I mean, we're like, well, I don't want to make sure that I, 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 I mess up the blessing. You can't mess up the blessing. It's the goodness of God. You know? And, and just understand that he is so big. I mean, even... Oh, okay, I can't go on. Anyway, praise God. Uh, so let's keep going. Galatians chapter 3. If sin is, is so big in your life, as far as, if it's that powerful, then you'll never get out from underneath it. But the moment you realize that, that the blood is infinitely more powerful than, than, than sin in your life, then you can get out of sin just like that. Praise God. Grace does much more abound. Amen. 
There's no excuse. It's not about having having a a free pass to sin. It's about having a way out of sin. Praise God. Galatians chapter 3. And of course we know these verses, but here it says, verse 13. It says, Christ has, what tense is that? Past tense. He has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for it is written, Curses everyone who hangs on a tree, so that, verse 14, what? The blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Praise God. Here it is, full circle. Now we have the redeemed blessing. Uh, Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. And of course, verse 3. Blessed be the, be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has, what? Blessed, blessed us with every spiritual blessing. How many? Every. Every spiritual blessing. Every spiritual blessing. Every spiritual blessing. So I'm not going to get more when I get to heaven, am I? Nope, I got it all right now. Got every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Praise God. But this is all about, once again, understanding that, that, that if we can begin to allow our filter to understand, number one, get a, 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 a spirit-filled definition of the blessing. Just get in your prayer time and begin to ask God to reveal to you what the blessing is all about. It's a tangible, physical, mental, emotional, spiritual endowment of power from God himself to cause us to thrive, spirit, soul, and body in everything that we do. And it is to cause, to cause the people around us to look at them. I mean, you think about, once again, that land of Canaan, cursed land. And then suddenly Abraham takes over, and now suddenly it becomes a land flowing with milk and honey, right? And, and you understand that it, was, it, was, it became that land, so it was flowing with milk and honey. So if you looked on a map, and if you were traveling through, and it was a major trade route, you understand, everybody coming from Asia would go right down through the Middle East and then over to Africa. The people would come around. It was major port cities on the Mediterranean and all that. But here's what they would see. They would see desert, 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 milk and honey, desert, desert, desert. Why? Because it's the blessing of God. So that there was, every time they were just going through, caravanning through, they're going, well, I don't know who lives here, but my goodness, something's happening. Because all around is desert. And right here, it's milk and honey. But you understand, it used to be desert too. But the blessing of God is there. You know, and I remember, you know, I, I saw pictures of it before the reoccupation in 1948. It's desert. Nasty place. You know, looked like all the rest of the Middle East. But then, when, when they got it back in 1948, the first people they sent over were agricultural scientists, farmers, and engineers. What were they doing? Carrying the blessing. And now suddenly, milk and honey again. Glory to God. Why? Because it's the blessing of God and it's tangible. And so the, the whole world can look at us and say, we want to serve their God. Because they're doing it right. God loves them. And they know that we're not perfect. Everybody knows we're not perfect. But they know God is bigger than our imperfection. And that's just the blessing of God. A father that loves his children so much that he's seen every mistake we would ever make and he called us anyway. Every mistake he would, he would ever make and he blessed us anyway. And every mistake he, just because he loves us. It's his great love with which he loves us. But learning to filter everything through the blessing rather than through the works of our hands. And it's just renewing our mind toward it. Now let's just go ahead and pray. We need to wrap it up. There's so much, but I need to wrap it up right there. Let's pray. Father, I thank you, Lord God. Man, you're so good. Man, we thank you for the blessing, Lord God. Right now, we receive it, Lord God. We receive the blessing of God. The full... Thanks for joining us today on Wisdom and Stuff. 
Don't forget to subscribe to get new updates and check out our podcast page on Podbean to find all our previous posts and full-length messages. We'll see you next time and have a blessed day.